Welcome to the Yang Gang Roundtable. It is 5.15 p.m. Saturday, November 7th. I have with me Ariel, Fedoni, Feku, Mia. My name is Shale, and we have Amish Patel here, our guest. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you. All the way from Canada. My internet sucks. It's Rogers. Oh, man. Yeah, you're saying right before we started the show. Everybody hates the internet, and here in the States, it's like Comcast. Or Time Warner that everybody hates. And uh, Rogers, I guess. Yeah, no different. Just a different villain. Same scheme, right? <laughs> so uh, we're a basic income advocacy podcast, right? One of the things everyone could do with their basic income is uh, pay their uh, exor- exorbitant cable internet bills, and uh, among other things. So, um, yeah. Uh, we usually talk about basic income, poverty, electoral politics, but we are a pretty casual group, and... Um, you could talk about whatever you would like, really. Yeah. So, well, I was so, saying before. Oh, sorry, go ahead. oh, okay. Yeah. So, so let me just give everybody a background information. So, I, I sort of myself uh, snuck in into uh, his channels by putting on the name uh, Yang Gang into uh, what who he works for. Oh wait, there's there's a uh, echo. Here an echo also. Yeah. Uh oh, Amish. Maybe, uh, oh, wait a minute, it's gone. Okay, good, good. All right. We're trying to sell Amisha on the virtues of Discord here, and we're just not doing the best (laughs) job. Uh, But now he's frozen, so I think it is his So, let's... Man. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, like, right before this, there were, were, who who suggested, should we switch to Zoom? And I was like, no, we're here, this is working, let's go. So this is on me, I take responsibility for this. (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah. never too late. Yeah. Um, uh, we could switch I mean, to Zoom if 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 Amish is having this level of uh, of trouble with Discord. Yeah, because because yeah. he has not had this level of trouble when we were on. Right when now, the question is like, do course. I do I keep this? Oh, are you back, Amish? You're back. Yes. Okay. Cool. I am here. I mean, so, I I can hear all of you perfectly, but I know that I I just know mine is shitty on my end. I don't know what my Discord um, is. I've never done Discord. Even on the other show, but here's what's happening. Every time you hear audio, uh, Discord's trying to broadcast it, and so that's why we're all hearing an echo, and also it's taking your bandwidth, maybe. Uh, can you put on, like, headphones or something? If not, you could just use a, a software mute when you're not talking. If you just, like, uh, click your name, you can click the mute button, too. That's another option. Either one. There you go. Thank you. We All just right. want to make everything as difficult right. as possible. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so when you do talk, just unmute and we'll all, yeah. <laughs> okay. There, there we go. That, okay. That's much better. There you go. Okay. So, so, so basically, uh, I just, I just, well, now you're wait, muted, wait. so we can't hear you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unmute to talk. Oh my God. Now, now can you hear me? I need now you're good. Now you're good. Yeah. yeah. Now you're now I'm good. Okay. But then it's messing up your audios. No, no, no. It's, no. it's totally fine as long as you mute when you're not talking. Okay. Okay. Or you put in headphones. Okay, cool. And if you put headphones in, you will never have to worry about that. Or you turn on the noise suppression if you're on a laptop uh, in the settings. But that's but a whole That's a whole thing. Anyway, thing. you're frozen again. So, so this is... <laughs> okay. You know, I guess the internet has frozen in Canada. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Or, or maybe, was well, really tell us about Amish. They don't, don't do have first. the internet okay. is not as good as the healthcare. 
you, you got he, he didn't he didn't have uh these problems when we were zooming together yeah we can uh, zoom let's like zoom it, 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 we're, we're trying working. to do a comedy sketch, didn't you know? You didn't get on the thing, like <laughs> right, yeah. difficulties comedy sketch. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> um, no. so, so, okay, okay. Oh, good, you're back. Thank you. It's a we bad internet just... connection comedy sketch. Yeah, yeah. we're making do, cracking yeah. wise. <laughs> so tell us about our guests that okay, you invited. Okay, okay. So, so, so basically, um, let me start. So the thing is, like, I first saw him because I'm I'm a fan of this scam buster, and his name is a uh, Coffeezilla on the internet, and his name is a uh, Stephen. And the thing is, is that like he did a whole thing on a uh, Trump University. He there was an ad where he lives in like the Gujarati paper that there's like a like he's from the that community in Canada, and basically his dad said you know what you're hardly going to make any money as a comedian uh trump university is like holding these things and then i want you to like become rich i want you to become like like you you know make tons of money so he went to the whole thing and he saw that it was just like they, they were basically trying to scam everybody with this like bad idea and so he he had that interview and then later uh, the the scam buster made Amish a co-host because you know Amish was so funny and interesting, and uh, and then I called into the show when they were doing their podcast, and I was trying to sell them on the virtues of a universal basic income to stop uh, scammers. You know, you know, because because scammers prey on vulnerable and desperate people. But when people have a basic income, there be less, you know, prey to say like, oh, this scam is my only hope. My only hope is like to make tons of money. And I'm just going to take out all my life savings and get a Trump yeah. University course or some bullshit like that. So so they kind of agreed. But then his co host, Stephen brought up the part of like, people becoming lazy and people not wanting to work so but amish said amish thought it was bs because on on you know um on canada canada was doing the two thousand dollar a month serb and we only got the one thousand two hundred one-time check but then like um the 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 main host put put on all this like american propaganda of like thinking that it's communism but amish was like but that's bull. That's not communism. So, so uh, we we just we just kind of spoke about that. So that's the background. Classic red scare. He's got the classic red scare stuff, which I think is which apparently was debunked. Like the communists were never going to come to America. Not to take it all the way to that level, but there was there is like a conspiracy that a lot of people believe in that uh, you know communism is coming and any kind of you know healthcare or whatever that's going to make everyone lazy. My family thinks it too. My co- we have a cousin in Virginia Beach. She's a full hard Trump supporter, and she's just calling, talking shit about her family. She's like, "This guy's getting free money. Now he's lazy. This guy, your cousin over here, useless, getting free money, turning lazy." People really believe that. Look at him, lazy. It's not, America, I mean, it's not so, so different it's, here. It's not so different here. Yeah. <laughs> Look at him, lazy, lazy. Do not want to work. totally man they're like they're like why why would they work then what are you what are you stupid then then they'll all sit at home i mean that's it's a very negative attitude i think that's fairly typical of like why people come to the united states in like the first place it's sort of that like uh immigrant hard-working culture 
like the type of I think people that tend to come here. So you get like uh, it, it's almost the, the American dream kind of gets reborn like every generation. And uh, yeah, that bootstraps mentality, I think, ends up persisting. But doesn't everybody know the old phrase, it takes money to make money? How are you supposed to be able to invest in yourself to move forward with plans that you want to actually actualize if you don't have the ability to invest in the things you need to push that? That's the part we can't talk about. Yeah, I I feel like it takes money to make money is only for businesses. But on a personal level, it takes takes money to make you lazy. Then you're going to sit at home. But our businesses get all the money. Like, our CERB is always about to get cut off, but the business CERB, it's like the government pays, like, 40 to 60% of their salaries, and there's no question of cutting that. That's going to go forever. In Canada, I mean. There's no, like, with our 2000 a month, it's always under question. Like, Trudeau only did one month, and then Jagmeet Singh had to come in and be like, no, you got to do it. You know, keep it repeating, whatever. So I think they went to four months, and then Trudeau got stuck and caught in a scandal. He gave his mom, I think, $200,000. And he was about to get hit with a big scandal, but he said, you know what? Give everyone another 2000 And that's kind of how he got out of that. Approval <laughs> ratings intact. Man, if only... Approval ratings intact. If only Trump had tried that, you know? He would have won. He would have won. He would have won. He would have won. For better or for worse. He, that's all he needed. He really screwed himself on that. Like, I mean, yeah. it's it's you can't even give Biden the credit of this win. It's, it's no, all absolutely not. He, he lost himself. Yeah. He'd, he'd, that, he's such a such a loser, and, he, and they talk about him yeah. like he's actually a good, he's like a great guy or something. It's no. so weird. Incredible loser, incredible, incredible loser. When he is forced to do anything without uh, an immense advantage over everyone else he's competing with, so here he's got you know other presidents like perceive his own self interest though. I mean, like he was briefly extremely popular, like at least for him. He almost broke fifty percent. Nothing but hell was coming out of this Pandora's box. And we finally got to close it. Mm-hmm. And now we just have to hope that we can push it aside and bury it and forget about it. Well, we got another Pandora's box now. Yeah, so. this is just a, you, we've, just a different different yeah. type of horror <laughs> that's coming. It's crazy because the COVID numbers are just higher than ever. Like, they're, they're through the roof. So we just forget about that. Hopefully, we can just put the, this election aside now and get back to the to COVID because in Canada, it's like nonstop. But there's something about an election that makes everyone go, okay, no COVID. So I think it's been a week of like no COVID, pretending yeah. anyway, but the numbers are going through the roof. It's incredible how political the virus is, just like in terms of when people care about it and when they don't. Like it's, it's just shocking the different uh, standards everyone applies to it like right now there's all these like celebrations out on the street and it's like all right well i guess it's not a thing right now yeah exactly right yeah yeah that's interesting it's hard to say like hey don't go for a protest yeah i mean i've seen i saw trumpers tweeting not because they actually believe it but just because they're vindictive oh why isn't joe biden telling people to stop this super spreader event you know of course like they were at their own rallies a few weeks prior but you know everyone's a hypocrite terrible hypocrisy is all we can hope for convenient yeah, these Trump people are like, he's such a psycho. They love that he's a psycho. And then as soon as this, like, we had so many people in their comments being like, hey, Trump is exposing, exposing voter fraud. He's going to expose voter fraud in America, Amish. It's like, leave it, man. He voter lost. Fraud. There's, there's the no losses, incentive to really commit voter fraud. That, like, yeah. Like, where's like, the well, incentive to commit voter fraud on the individual level? I want, I want to know who has been like, yeah, that's worth yeah. it. I'm going to do that. <laughs> 
I mean, I mean, say what you want about Hillary, but Hillary took the L. Like when it happened, she took the L and just like called and conceded. But yeah. Trump. Speaking of voter fraud, did you guys uh, hear that it was a QAnon um, supporter who uh, tried to uh, break into Philadelphia and stuff the ballots? That's the guy who had all the the eight. K fifteen and the or AR fifteen, not AK fifteen. And uh, what side was he on? Was he going to stuff the ballots with? For whom? For, for assumedly, since he's queuing on for Donald Trump. Okay. Um, I can't keep up with who's for who. You can't. You can't convince these people, though. Like, no matter what, they're always going to be like, "No, Trump. He he would have saved us from voter fraud. He would have helped the country." Like, they just. They're on his side, and they can't admit that he lost. You, you I mean, they they, they they like that he opposes another villain which is the the democratic establishment you know who have been uh, torturing us for many decades here <laughs> the republican establishment is terrible as well it's just trump is like you know he's a bomb thrower he's he's he is making the people who are elite feel embarrassed and uh so people are like getting a rise out of that that's that's what they're really voting for it's you know it's yeah, like it sucks we're in a bad position here he's got a real cult following like you look at these fake gurus same thing like they'll get scammed even yeah. this Trump University I went, to this day, my dad's like, no, it's a good class. It's useful. We tried to tell, I showed him the, the binder. I'm like, look at this. We could Google all of this. You can still find a way Sunk to be like, investment no, no, fallacy because people I mean, don't do want to take the, 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 the credit for making a mistake. They're, you know, they've invested in this thing. So they will just advocate for it so they don't take part in its failing because, you know, it's so stupid. Sunken cost fallacy. Yeah, sunk investment it's fallacy, sunken cost fallacy. Yeah. Same thing. It's just like I I think that that Amish waste like Trump was like the fake guru for all the United States. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> he had two classes. He had he had a real estate class and he had an MLM. And it's the same thing that he uses to get his crowds out. Like he uses very much like that cult leader mentality. To brainwash everyone, and they teach it in these sales classes. Kind of, it's very much like like so. That's why there's all, there's such a fine line between all of it. There's like fake guru, cult leader, politician. I guess they're all right there. Salesperson. Yeah. They're all like in this in this similar kind of class, and that's why you know people thought I was being very insulting to Graham Stephen yesterday. But you know, even Graham Stephen, you watch his videos, and he he plays the game basically, and he'll bring on another con artist, sales guy. But they kind of respect it. They they respect it with each other. That's why I do find it a little shocking that these guys are like, Trump is a great guy. He was going to save us from voter fraud. Like, you've always loved him for being kind of a con artist. Yeah. You know? Why are you so shocked? It's like, right. Why are you so duped? Cheap. More than I Like, why don't you stick, with, you stick with your story? If you love him for being a con artist, like, yeah, I still love they did all that shit. Like, stick with it. I don't know. Right. I hate yeah. to interrupt yeah. the flow don't of the conversation. Don't get all, all that speed Don't get all that I'd like to get better sound uh, from our guest. And um, I oh, sent sorry. you a, um, I wanted to uh, to show you how to turn on your noise suppression. Okay. Um, and I sent you a, a, a screenshot to show you how to do that. Or you can just look in the lower left-hand corner on your laptop. It should say video connected. And then next to that, it will have some sound bars. That's the noise suppression. If you could hit that, hit that. Uh, and make sure that it's on and not off. Noise suppression powered by Chris. That's the one. Yes. Um, it's, it's on. <laughs> All right, cool. Keep it on. That's good. On now already? Okay. 
Yeah. All right. And just make sure you're maybe I want to scoot a little closer to your microphone, maybe then. Yeah. But but can can he hear us? Okay, good. Because because those headphones mean that. Yeah, okay. I can hear you. Right, you, yeah, you okay, sound okay, good. Okay, you look nice, good. Nice. Everything's good. So 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 so, so here's so here's my uh uh thing for UBI where it ties in into all these Oh wait a minute, I'm I'm still getting echoes. Uh um Amish, maybe if you mute it. Test. Oh, okay. Okay. So the echoes are gone. Uh, so, so, so my, my thing is that like the, the UBI can work because, because all, because like these, these cult leaders, uh, prey on desperation. So if you get people out of that desperation, they're less, um, of what, what, what is it? Vulnerable to being sucked into the cult because i remember when when i buy like sometimes an online course or when i went into herbal life is because i thought that i didn't have enough and i wanted more but if you if you give people something you know like that that's that's actually going to get them out of uh uh that that phase of like wanting they're going to be less susceptible to these to, to get sucked in into like a cult or into even something like white supremacy. You know what I mean? Practically everything that takes advantage of you. Also just might be giving people an extra 2000 to spend on a fake guru. No, I mean the desperation is one thing, mm-hmm. but there mm-hmm. it, people are still just sheep. I find like they just want an answer. They want someone to tell them yeah. what to do. I, I think, and uh, yeah, look. I mean, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna save some people. I think with the two thousand. But then, just imagine all the gurus that are gonna be like, "Give me the two thousand. I think I hear you, no? and I, I think <laughs> that's a little bit of a problem. But I think what'll happen is okay. Somebody will give the guru a thousand dollars, maybe two, maybe three, maybe four, maybe five. But then six months in, they're gonna be like, "Ah, oh, this guy fucking sucks. He's trash. Uh, I'm not gonna go with him." And they'll try something else. And maybe it'll take them ten years at the worst. Maybe it's like a, a person with a ton of problems who has very little self reflection and just can't figure it out. But uh, I mean, but but but, but, but still, they're way better off with the UBI. They're gonna have a much easier life going through that with the UBI than without. And they're probably gonna go through it either way. You know what I'm saying? I think at yeah. some level, you have to be comfortable with people making bad decisions with the money that you give them. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. You know, there's the idea is that, you know, at least a lot of people will, it'll help them. You know? Another thing that uh, it does. Yeah, we got to get over this idea of like. Sorry, go ahead, man. No, go, go ahead and go first. I won't forget. I'll just keep it in mind. I was just going to say, like, uh, you know, yeah, we do have to get used. I, I think that's the big thing is, like, people are, like, there is this judgment of, like, what, why do, I'm working. Why is that guy not working? It's like, who, live your life, man. Who cares? You know, like, who cares if they're, whatever they're doing with their money, they'll let them do it. Because they really think that it's going to make them lazy or, but really the issue is, like, why are you thinking about them? Just give them the 2000 It's nothing. It's cheaper than welfare. Let them figure their life out, and uh, some people never will. But better to have someone never figure their life out with their food and their stuff covered than someone figuring out their life, and then it's like they could die tomorrow, and it's just going to be violent on the street. You know, like that, that's Amen. another big issue with Absolutely. that. Violence Amen. could be a thing. Yeah. Speaking of that kind of ending up on the street type thing, people who get involved in these things often overinvest themselves to the point that they lose things that they were close to 
like uh, items they saved up and such, having to pawn it to be able to invest in the next level of the scheme or get caught up in cults and such that ask more and more money from them. If there's a thousand dollars coming in a month or 2000 coming in a month, no matter what you do, no matter how badly you overinvest and make a mistake, you've always got a chance to come back. And I think everybody always deserves a chance to come back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Then these political parties are so fake guru-y. Like Trump does it. I mean, I didn't notice it so much with Obama because I always thought he had a good cause. But with Trump, he's sending out these emails like, hey, guys, be in the Trump gang. Get the hat, exclusive hat for my supporters only. Like, he's got the hats. He's got the, he's, he's got the merch. He's got the, like, you know, they're coming after me, so we need your help. Uh, you know, be a real man for Trump or whatever. So he does apply a lot of it to his sales tactics, even as, the, even as a politician. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Although I'd say also, you know, other politicians have sort of gone that way too, just because it is the, um, I guess it's possible to reach so many people that so many people have started this weird kind of pandering and it's been normalized, you know, um, just technology has changed culture, but yeah. Yeah. Trump, oh, it, Trump oh, yeah. is a, a TV uh, but, trash man. By the way, on um, the last thing, uh, uh, me and Amish talked about on, on our, uh, uh, on my YouTube channel was my like his his sandwich theory of uh of dem like Democrats and Republicans where you got the super rich Republicans on the top and the super poor Republicans on the bottom and the Democrats fell somewhere in the middle. I said I said see this up, but like you can do it better. Than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I can I share an image with like you? Today? What? Yeah, please do. Because you know, we today is the is the first day when uh, we woke up in the morning and said on the news that AP had called it. The Associated Press had called it for Biden. So, do you did you all feel like celebrating immediately, or the sigh of relief, or how did you feel? I'll today? talk about that. But Amish, if you want to put uh, an image in the live stream chat, please just put it there, and I'll uh, I'll put it on the stream. But I'm gonna tell you how I feel because I've had feelings today. Oh man, <laughs> I thought I'd feel. <laughs> I don't know, maybe a little better, but I don't feel better at all. Just seeing, because I mean, it's not uh, seeing the amount of relief the the that everyone feels equates to this terrible false dawn we're in, and I'm just the sense of dread's been building all day because the the work everyone's been doing is going to stop. All the pressure that everyone's talking about, you know, pulling Biden to the left is not going to happen because everyone's tired uh, uh, <laughs> and everyone's just like, it's going to be good now. We've entered the self-delusion phase. We've entered like grief marketing. I see it on Twitter. Everyone had nothing else to give. The election's done and and they're not going to do any more politics and we're not getting any more stimulus ever. The uh, see, We're not getting any jobs ever. The economy is never coming back. Nothing good will ever happen again. I have the exact impression from Twitter. Like, people have been tagging me in posts all day saying, we're going to keep going. Please don't lose heart. Please don't lose your energy. You know, we're not going to let the Yang gang dissolve. We're going to keep on fighting. I see the exact opposite reaction. I see people feeling more empowered than ever instead of crushed underneath four years of hell. This is, I think this is a chance to really embrace the ability to have an effect on something. Um, yeah, sure. I think you're being a little too negative, but like we we can we 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 have to push and keep pushing and stuff like that, and let yeah. the Republicans who are being duped know that there's a Yang way. 
It's just now the dem- now all these Democrats you, are being duped. Not not all the, of them, but like seventy five percent of them are just going to be going back to sleep and thinking Joe Biden's good enough. So I'm yeah, very you see concerned. The to to, uh, to Yang saying that the uh, the Democrats have to pay more attention to the working class. It yeah, was, was it was not well received by liberals, and yep. I think Yang was called a racist is, again. Uh, Yang yeah, was called a yeah. fascist again, and we can look forward to more and more of that. Well, what's going to happen? I think. Yang? Gonna... Chris, how are you right. feeling? Crazy people. I'm feeling similar to Shale, you know, uh, on the level of I, I, I don't. I'm not going to say nothing good is going to happen again because I think there are opportunities here, but I think people really underestimate the centrist uh, neoliberal Democrats and how much resistance they are going to face. Uh, yeah, they are not. They are not your. Like, yeah, they're not your reluctant allies. They are a different enemy, and they're gonna. They're, you're gonna see it mm-hmm. like really soon. Yeah. Yo, can we, man, I, I'm having a hard time showing you guys my pyramid thing. It's a, it's actually a very good, I think it's a good, it really speaks to this. Because right now we are really looking at left and right, like one's on this side and one's on this side. But I do feel it's more like the right is on top of the pyramid. And then, yeah, it's like establishment Democrats have power. And then there's like more Democrats below them, like Yang Gang, even below that. And then it's like the Trump supporters are at the bottom, bottom. And yeah. We look at it like this is one team and this is one team, but really the Democrats are the establishment is more right wing than we think. It's shocking to me that like AOC, Bernie Sanders, they're not the ones canceling people. It's it's like the main it's like Hillary's canceling people. So like this whole thing of like being too sensitive or being like extreme radical, it's actually the establishment is radical in like attacking their own people. Yeah, you know, there's nothing radical. When it comes to right wing, then it's just like, okay, well, you got to make a deal and you got to be nice and, you know, let's not be difficult and let's do whatever we need to. But then when it's when it comes to, like, taking down Yang, taking down anyone to the left, it's like the mainstream is the extreme on their own people. So it's a it's it's a it's a tough situation. It does. It is like a weird caste system, though. The richest people kind of control everyone else. So you have establishment Democrats. They're that they're the upper tier of the pyramid. And they're kind of saying, hey, I'm like, my boss told me to control you, but their boss is Republicans in a way, because that's where all the money is. So they're kind of being told what to do. And then that's why they can never stand up to them, too. They've always had this like, like the Republicans always seem like ready to play hardball, ready to be like, you guys are unreasonable. You guys are out of control, whatever. But then the Democrats, when it's their turn to throw back, they always kind of go, well, let's make a deal. Let's get something done. They they do seem to be pushed around a lot. See, it's pro wrestling. It's pro wrestling. I don't think they're pushed around. I think actually the Democrats are really good at what they do. The thing is, part of their performance is making it look like they're kind of incompetent and and not effective. They are super effective at like shutting down any challenge from the left. Like they they yeah. are ruthless and effective, and like suddenly their competence like shoots like from what appears to be like. Twenty percent to like hundred percent. I have no delusions that the people in power aren't like good people. Just in general, what I do have a lot of faith in is us, specifically the people who are advocating right now, not giving up on it and pushing it through until it happens. I really don't think that the part to be worried about is the people. Because we've all decided and seen what we could have had. We've all seen the shade pulled out from over our eyes when the um, trillions of dollars went into businesses and we were shafted. We saw that with our own eyes. I don't think people are going to forget that they were left to suffer 
and left to lose their homes in the middle of a crisis. I think that's going to empower people to do more. I think people believe that Joe Biden would have made things go differently for them. And that's the problem. So they're placated thinking that we got the guy in. And now if we if something like that happens again, he'll do the right thing. When in fact, he would not have given us any more stimulus than Trump. Very establishment, very much deal maker. Like no vision from this guy, Biden. There's no vision. He's always been a pushover. He's always been a guy that Republicans can really like. And you see this in the Anita Hill case. If you get, I don't know if you guys saw the documentary about, about Anita Hill, but uh, Biden was like kind of in charge of it. He came in on her side. It was like Anita Hill against Clarence Thomas. I think it was 1991. He came in on her side, and but this is indicative of how of his whole career. He he says he pays lip service to what's right. He knows what's right, but then these Republicans they're aggressive with him. They're like, listen, Biden, just shut up and do what you're told. And he'll just come in the next day and be like, come on, man. He That come on, man, that's like such a pushover slogan yep. of his. Come on, man. Let's just come finish on, it. Jack. Let's go, Jack. Yeah. It's, yeah. He's used to, he's, he is a pushover. Like he, But the good thing is that pushover is better than the guy who has a vision of dominating everyone, which I think was Trump. So at least you got like a pushover, but he will be pushed over by whoever hits hardest. So... I think that's the Biden, be, yeah, from the left. I think yeah, the, that's yeah. better be the people. <laughs> so, Chris, are you physically in, close enough to shale that you could just walk over there? I yeah. could. You could. Could you walk over there and just like give him a hug? Why? Because <laughs> I want to give Shale a virtual hug from all of us because we are all here with you, and Thank we are you. going to continue on. For another year of podcasting. Yeah, no, I don't know how long we've been doing it. Uh, you gotta like get these. Uh, you know, it's good to say to say say it. Yeah, you know, you know I mean, the, the mission remains the same. You know, like yeah. regardless of who who's in there, and you know that's that that part yeah. hasn't changed. You know, your, your tactics yeah, might have to change oh, a little man, bit. Virtual hugs. I just virtual I hugs. it's. To see people, I, I see people celebrating it like this is the end of the road for them. And not everybody, but even just the people that were working, even if 25% of the people who were working with us before are like, we did it, we don't need to do anything ever again. That's a real problem. You know, nothing that's ever been accomplished in the, in the background. Like, oh, for most people, when an idea finally pushes through, they're like, oh, where the f- did that come from? How did this thing happen? That I, But there's people like us in the background who stick to it afterwards. Even if we do lose a percentage, it's the people who stick to it, who push the idea forward, and who keep moving, who make it eventually happen. And we and I, get to then feel good that we have changed something, even if nobody ever even knows that we were part of it, that is fundamental to their lives when it finally does happen. And I don't think that it takes a lot of people to make change. I think it takes a lot of dedication to make change. Yeah, yeah, it's still... It's, it's, I, yeah, it's doable. I just Yang Yang, well spoken. He's doing it. This is disappointing. He, that uh, people are like, uh, for every, I just don't know what to, what to do with these people who are like, yay, it's over. It's like it's just so frustrating. It's just let them. Let them well, I don't think that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to be like, you can't feel that. It's like it just really upsets me. One or one or two months into his presidency, or four or six. 
people are going to see that it sucks and it's just it, it like nothing is happening. I hope so. And, My fear is that they, they don't. And, and then and then most more people are going to become Yang Gang. The thing is, is that why do you think I bring people like Amish on here is to get out of our echo chambers. The biggest problem in politics is not the politicians. It's average people in their echo chambers, not talking to people out there and and just losing faith in everything. So I want to push back a little bit about what we think of as the um, as uh, the establishment Democrat. OK, so the establishment Democrat right now, as you guys are talking about it, is, you know, some wealthy person who has probably been a politician for a while or whatever. But the establishment Democrat that I see is basically just older people like in my small town. Right. The people who have been doing it a long time, who've been going to national conventions who know how to do all of the things, who know every year they're supposed to do, uh, you know, how do you write a resolution? How do you change the platform? How do you do all of these things? How do, uh, who is a precinct chair and how do you do that job? You know, like the people who know those things, that's who I see as the establishment. And they're not wealthy. In my area, you know, they're just like regular people who have been doing it a really long time, who are really passionate about what they do. And they're passionate in a different way than us because we see a new change happening, right? They're all about like their team. They're all about vote blue no matter what. Just just protect the team. And you're constantly like, this is your family. They're, you know, like the other people as their family, um, which is really strange because we should be emulating that. If we were doing that, we would be the new establishment, right? We need to be the people that stick together no matter what. And we're voting for each other as a team. But we're not a team. Like, we don't agree with the policy in the And so, like, when I show up at the meetings, I'm not part of that group. I'm not the establishment yet. I'm like the new person. So even as somebody who's 46, right, I'm thinking of myself as an older person. I have three children, who, one of which has grown up now. So, um, you know, to, as far as I'm concerned, I should be granny age. But I entered this group, and I'm the youngest one. So it's really still just about, you know, like, just imagine that the group is the age demographic is shifting and we're shifting into those positions of power. We're going to become the new, uh, you know, establishment. It's just a matter of time, but we need to make it happen faster because it just feels so urgent right now. You know? Yeah, I find I think the, the boomers in general were like extremely traumatized by the McGovern election. And I think that is like hmm. pretty much colored their politics ever since. Uh, they're the kind Mc of stuck the in the McGovern election. Oh, uh, God, I forgot because I'm terrible with dates. It was in the, the 60s. McGovern uh, won the primary. He was uh, a real like social, uh, socially progressive, like hippie candidate kind mm -hmm. of. And, Wasn't he uh, anti-Vietnam or anti-anti-Cold so. War? Was yeah. he the one who said, hey, let's let communism do their thing and we're we're capitalists and we'll beat them? Fair and square. I don't know and about took him out of the Democratic Party. Party. I remember. I think I saw a documentary about him. Yeah, like I'm not an expert on him at all. Um, but it's, but he, he got wiped out like in the general election. He just got like absolutely destroyed. And I think that was like a defining uh, moment for for a lot of boomers who were you know left leaning, and, yeah, and it, it, it stuck the with them even to today. You know, and, and Reagan too. Yeah. Well, but this is the thing with establishment Democrats is that is that they are being indoctrinated into a system that you guys are trying to change. So even if they're young and they're just starting, 
they're going in because I know I have some friends that are kind of involved in that. And I'm always like, who's paying you? Like they'll come in. Like my, my, one of my buddies, I, I do a podcast called Let's Come to an Understanding. And even my podcast partner, Drew, he he's very, he's involved a little bit in American politics. And he always has these like, you know, people like Biden and he's going to do well or whatever. And I'm like, who's telling you this shit? It's like his, it's the establishment. They're trying to get people to think that way and to work their way up like that. And then, and, and that's what always screws the, the real progressive people is that they kind of go in and there's a great documentary. I think it's McGovern, but the one that I'm thinking of, the guy lost in the Democratic primary. So the Democratic primary, he went in and his big thing was stop all the Cold War nonsense. It's a waste of money. Let's just stay in America. Let's build ourselves up and be a better country. And basically, like the, the Democrats, and this has happened so many times to them, they just get pressured into getting rid of guys like that. Because they get pressured in. It's the same reason why Biden passed a very tough on crime bill. Because when it comes down to it, the Republicans push the Democrats around and they say, you're weak. With you in charge, these black people are going to commit crimes. Oh, I we lost our guest for just a moment due to the internet lag. If we yeah. give this, we'll catch up. And but we'll I would say they're really pushed around by their donors, not not the Republicans, really. The Democrats. I mean, they're the same people. Yeah. They're like, yeah. it's it's still the same like agendas. They just kind of exactly. drive the yeah. right and the left hand of the of the of the establishment. The establishment, yeah. yeah. It's right. Like, it's like they they make a show of being pushed around, but if they yeah. want to make a stand, they can make a stand as well as the Republicans like, when it's when it's two, like their jobs on the line. Two, maybe two, even better. They're wily, the Democrats. Two wings of the same turd. Yeah. Well, did we lose Craig? He's back. He's, He's back. Okay, okay. Yeah. You know, it's like the donors say, hey, don't actually pass this bill that's 80% popular with your constituency because I give you more money than your constituency. And they're like, yeah, that's true. I won't pass it. And that's the, and the Democrats go and they go to their constituency because they still don't need the votes. They're like, I tried my best. The Republicans are so very mean, so very tough, so very hard. You got to vote me uh, again and vote more of my friends in so we can stand up the Republicans so they're not so tough to us. And this con's been going on for a long time. Big deal. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> how much? Uh, how how interested are Canadians in this USA politics right now? Is it like oh, we love American politics? It's like, it's like football. You love it's it? like uh, first of all, we're living in the American Empire. I say this all the time to people. It is the American Empire. It's basically you don't realize it until you watch some documentaries about history, or whatever. Or even if you look at American foreign policy around the world, there is like another kind of pyramid. Is like America. Oh, oh man! Oh, man, he was going to drop some wisdom. Like Canadian internet. These Canadian secrets we're missing out. Yeah. <sighs> this portion of the interview has been censored. We, we should. We should. I'm sorry. We should do another one on Zoom if we can, because yeah, like we'll, we'll, we'll see. do that. Yeah, because because I was talking to him on Zoom and this never happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had such Discord a good run with Discord. Like, this happened a few months ago consistently. We switched to Zoom for a while. But since we've come back to Discord, it's been really good. This is the first time it's happened. Yeah. Maybe um, it didn't happen because it was just two of you. I don't know if that makes any difference. But there well, are well, six I mean, Maybe it's Joe Biden's fault. We did it. Hang on. No, it's not no. That's a joke. We did it. 
Wait, 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 give me a chance. We did it with our New Zealand friends, and it, it, it went out with yeah, with Jeff. But, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. So, so wait, Amish, maybe it's best if you don't use video. Maybe that's yeah, yeah. Up some of the. My camera is very sexy. That's fine. We, yeah, we'll hold the video oh, down here. Well, just, anyway, we, just, were, uh, we were speak. in the middle of what what he was talking about about the we're all living in the American Empire, and then go ahead. Yeah. You said so. Yeah. So. Amish uh, is not in the channel on my side. Oh, is it? Yeah, he is. Amish, if you can hear us, go ahead and uh, tell us about the American Empire. See if we can get at least your voice. No, no, no voice right now. So, no. uh, <laughs> man, I was having such a good time with Amish. He's a great guest. Thank you for bringing yeah, him on, Ariel. Man. Too yeah. bad. Well, yeah, well, like I said, nothing good will ever happen again. <laughs> eyeliner black lipstick put yeah. you all, get you all emoed out because that's <laughs> all, I feel like it. yeah that's right so, I, have, I have three bars now can you hear me better now yeah you see yeah. you sound more yeah. clear the video connect it actually is showing me like there's like three bars within discord so I don't know. I was just saying, like, we're living in the American Empire. America's number one. If you're in Europe, Canada, Australia, you get to be like a number two. Saudis, Israel, they, uh, uh, sorry, the, yeah, Saudis and Israel get the special position in there. Um, Japan, obviously. And then everyone else is kind of like third class citizen. And depending on how, like, and it is the poorest and the, the most populated countries that are in the, in the bottom. And depend, and like, yeah, non-white mostly. I guess South America. South America is actually pretty white, but uh, but you know, in the East, like India, China, stuff like that, they basically don't get to have the same rules. They don't get that American dream, that chance, or whatever. They, you know, they're passed on this thing. So it's like, it's weird. It's a, it's a, it's one of those things where you got to be involved in it. I think. Like, I don't think it's so dumb to be into American politics. If you're Canadian, uh, the Americans are on our border. Like, they're going to take water. Like, they're just taking fresh water out of Canada. Delicious they, Canadian they, water. We love it. We can't get it's enough. It's the best water. We hate our own water, but yours? Yeah. It's delicious water. <laughs> the Great Lakes. It's the perfect water in the Great Lakes. Oh, some of that's ours, too. I mean, you know, there's a board. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, who owns, who owns the lake, right? Uh, there's um, the international the water. Well, you know what they well, do? That's one answer. Yeah, that's one answer. They from the Michigan side or, like, from the American side. You suck it out. There's yeah. there's like 25 places where they're telling the Canadians that like this is actually our land. Mm. Like I know the map says whatever, but like when it push comes to shove, like there's 25 spots where the Americans are even like we could come and take this. I'm sorry about that. You know where it's going to get really messy is uh, with the uh, North Sea opening up for uh, shipping and oil exploration. Oh dear. Like, oh yeah, that is, is that, actually you guys. You guys have a, like a lot of that territory, and we'll, yeah. we might be psychos about that. But, well, um, I think the Americans are going to help us keep China and Russia. Are you talking about like in the north? Like, yeah, like, yeah, the like north? the extreme north, like uh, yeah. North. Syria. I think China and Russia are going to come in, and the Americans are basically there to be like, "Hey, leave Canada alone," Probably. you know. But it could happen. It, yeah. it would have to melt a little more. We'd have to destroy the planet a little more, melt that water, and then it's going to be prime real estate. Do you? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, like, what does the the state of the American Empire look to you from uh, outside? Like, oh, we... it looks like it's falling. It looks like a pretty standard falling empire. Yeah. I, I think the, the the projections are saying that India and China are going to be number one in about twenty years, and that's why you're seeing them start to fight with each other too. 
China's already flexing all around the world. They're taking over a big, part, big parts of Africa. They're doing it. People are calling it a more gentle colonization, a, a, like a nicer one, more beneficial to Africa. Yeah. It's but, kind of more mercantile, like almost. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. They have a new belt, the, the Belt Road Initiative thing, too. It's very, yeah, you know, you can always hide it in economics, and it's a, probably a better way to do it. It's more humane. Maybe, like, you know, you change with the times. So it's a little bit nicer, but then... Until they go on the deck. They're not nice to their own people, even. You know what I mean? Oh, like no. they're very low they're pretty... human life value over there. I, I know there's yeah. there's definitely some of the like the debt aspects of it. Like I, I know some African countries are, are starting to get like some red flags about it. But I mean, that's you know we still. I have to disagree. Tell us. The reason I have to disagree is because I think they are good to their people. Uh, not not in uh, Xinjiang. I think Xinjiang province. Not if you're I Muslim. Mean, if you're Muslim, go to jail. They re-educate you yeah. to not That's be Muslim not anymore. They, actually, I mean, unless you want to call it like a free school for the Muslims. I, it depends on how you look at it. Like You could look at it as like the Muslims get a free school. But at the end of the school, you learn to stop being Muslim. That's basically their re-education camp. They have, no, they have, in it. They have a million people. No, and, that's and the number one argument that they make is like what you think we're bad. What are the Americans doing? So that's that's, no, a that's not true either. That's also not true. I mean, fact, I can I'm just say none of that is true, and it's a bunch of hooey that's been made up by the West. Xinjiang is doing very well at um, any videos, travel logs that people have, you know, actually gone there to look around. They see lots of Muslims being left alone to be Muslim. They have a lot of uh, wonderful uh, Muslim. Uh, uh, sites that are, you know, their own historical thing that's Chinese Muslim, and it's a little bit different from other Muslim areas. And um, I just, that's just completely untrue. It's just something that keeps getting repeated until people believe that it is obvious true. Because Chinese people, we talk about the Great Wall, right, in terms of the Great Firewall now. So mm -hmm. the Great Firewall prevents Chinese people from seeing what's happening on the outside. Right, but, but that's the actually, problem. Too, that's a government that wants to hide things, right? Like, why Why would people no, no. make up that no, they're putting Muslims in jail? True. Why would anyone want to put... No, no, why that's not true. Make because, because the BBC no, did a again, great that's not true. There were survivors of the camp that put their hand up and said, hey, because they were saying this too, like the China, the people from China were saying, these, these concentration camps... And if you check out some debunking sites, you'll see that. What's that? Do I need to start enforcing a two-minute per-person talking thing so you can actually understand what's going on here? Let's do one at a time. Faye, go ahead. But what I wanted to say is that um, these things that you're saying are repeated so often that, but that is not true. And if you, you'll find that it's very hard to get the Chinese perspective because the Great Firewall prevents you from also getting that information from China. So the firewall is not only to protect Chinese us, it protects us from hearing anything that Chinese and uh, that is actually a serious problem. Yeah. Right. So we believe that our media is telling us the truth when, in fact, we don't get offered the second. The that thing's got to come down. We should, as a world community, have a, a vested interest in removing the uh, the Chinese firewall. I think really. Yeah. I mean, it's up to them, but we can, as a world community, have a stance. We can have a position and an opinion. Can we let our guests respond? Yeah. Can we get our guests? It's hard without the video. It's like you forget. No, it. it's true. But you seem, honestly, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, what what I'm finding. Like and, no, and, and Faye, I've heard this argument. They they did a and on the BBC they did a great piece where they had some some loyal you know people from the Chinese government. Uh, they were taught. They were on a, they were on stage, 
It was, it was incredible. I'll send it to you. And, you know, they were saying the same thing. They're saying a million people, because the, the accusation right now is that there are a million Muslims in concentration camps. Now, that is contested. It's not like there's, it's really hard to prove because there is a firewall. So these guys were denying it at the BBC in England. And a bunch of Turkic Muslim people, they put their hands up at the end. And the first three questions they had were three people who were survivors of the concentration camp themselves. And they said, hey, if they don't exist, how come I haven't been able to see my son in 15 years? How come my husband has disappeared for this minute? Like, so, look, I don't disagree with you that, like, it's overblown. And I'm sure there's the majority of Muslims. If there's one million in jail, there's probably 50 million that are walking out free. Because this is a, this, this is a great thing about China, actually. One of the great strengths is that they, have, uh, they can put together a 100-year plan. The Americans can't do that. They have a, Americans are quarterly. It's like, if, it, if we can't fix it in four months, it's not going to work over here, I feel like. Whereas in China, they can put a 100-year plan in place. And part of that 100-year plan is to erase uh, Islam, from what I can tell. Now, the, the government themselves, they put out some great videos. So, like, forget about what the BBC puts out or anyone else puts out. There's one I can send you from CGTN, which is a Chinese-owned uh, media company. And they have this great video about Xinjiang. And it's a beautiful video. It's like a beautifully shot documentary. And it shows this border guard. And they're saying that this border guard, he catches people at the border, puts them in jail, whatever. And they don't tell you until the end that the people that he's catching at the border, it's not people trying to come in to Xinjiang. It's people trying to leave. And they're, they're pointing this guy. They're showing this guy as like, what a beautiful leader. He's at the border. He's fighting for China. He's not protecting China from someone else. There's Muslims in Xinjiang saying, we got to get out of here. Same thing with Tibet. They made it illegal. I mean, their philosophy is loving kindness. And they, they took over uh, Tibet in 1951. And uh, there's just so many atrocities there as well. So I think, look, China has a plan. And I, I get it. It's an economic miracle. They've lifted so many people out of poverty. But the price of that is got to get on board with the system. And the system is Han Chinese. We are like, you know, even the fact that the West is in power right now to the to this to the Han Chinese, that's like an aberration. That's like a it's a mistake. China has been in charge for thousands of years and they will be in charge again. I think that's the kind of attitude that they have. And I've seen them say as much. So I don't know. So that was, that was I'm a, so I would like to ask Faye, what of that do you, would you, what of that is consistent? Uh, what what Amish said, um, Amish said is consistent with um, your understanding. What of it is and, consistent? And where does it differ? Okay. Yeah. It's very simple. What what I understand based on what he has said is that he has not sought out any pro-China information. He has sought out repeatedly no, and Chinese been offered stuff. by YouTube I watched no, CGTN. You probably sought out and being offered, right? Things that are pro, that are pro um, Western. No, no. And the so C if you want to find out more, I would send you something. I could send you some things that would talk about it in a whole different way. For example, uh, I did not hear you mention any sort of terrorism that happened in Xinjiang. No, but I mean that's a little bit like saying, hey, you know, if we're being mean to Muslims, it's like they did terror, they did a terrorist attack. Who does a terrorist that's attack? West, that's less the than one percent of the population. Less justification for what we do, because there's terrorism, so we do a lot yeah. of things. You can we always use terrorism as an excuse to to put Muslim people in jail, but like I don't think it's. A, I'm Hindu, so I'm, listen, my my I'm Modi mm -hmm. in India, same thing. He go, they do all kinds of atrocities, and they go, but these they're they're terrorists. Less than one percent are terrorists. And then they use that as an excuse. 
No, as far as my media sources, though, I love watching Chinese government propaganda videos. They're great. They're very well shot. The, the do- well, I'll send you guys a documentary. Perhaps it's you could watch some government. just general travel lives of people who are just visiting, you know, who don't have an axe to grind and who are pro-China because they've been there and it just seems fine. It seems absolutely peaceful and wonderful to them. Um, a friend of ours uh, went there recently and he was talking about, uh, I think he ended up in Beijing, but he was, yeah, you know, he had, he had mixed opinions about it, but the overall he was just impressed by the amount of like activity. And I want to say like the feeling that things were happening there that he said he didn't really feel too often in the West these days. And I think that was sort of telling it in some ways. As I mean, as, as far as like the actual like atrocities thing, um, I generally assume any empire commits atrocities, and including us. <laughs> so you know, and that's actually yeah, that's actually a lot worse than what China does because America is way beyond control. So if I were to compare the two countries, I would say that the United States is committing way more atrocities than China is, and China actually repeatedly shows itself to be kind and gentle as far as the superpower is going to be. For example, in the case of Hong Kong, it took them months and months and months before uh, we had atrocities. But here in the United States, within days of George Floyd, the entire country was, I mean, uh, on fire with uh, you know, police brutality. So when you compare the two, you actually should be saying, wow, why aren't we more China? And we talk about human rights. Whereas all I hear from people in general is, oh, China is people. I don't see that. I see them as being as holding back as much as they can. I think if you're going to be a superpower, you're going to lose control of this area. But I, I mean, that's also part of, the, part of that problem is that that whole firewall thing is like we don't it's not really easy for us to even get that perspective, their perspective, because we don't have access to it. So it's on yeah. some level, it's a, it yeah. it ends up being like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, especially with the Hong Kong stuff. The Hong Kong stuff is so heavily censored by the Chinese government. Like they've been, they put people in jail retroactively. So in the last ten years, if you said something negative about Hong Kong, they were already putting those people in jail. So it is hard to get news out of them. But I do agree with you, Faye, that the number one excuse that they have, and uh, I'll send you guys even the video on the BBC. It was Mehdi Hassan doing the video about it. So he and he is like a, a bit of an activist journalist too. But the best argument they made is they would say. Oh, yeah, but America does this, this, and this. So, you know, the, the people that are even working for them and loyal to them, they don't deny it. They, they deny it where they can, you know, but most of it is like, hey, it's a big country. Some people are going to die. Like, you know, you want to make an omelet, you got to break some eggs. And that's kind of the mentality they have. And a lot of big empires have that. I do think that in the next 20 years, we're going to see China become number one. And then it's going to be a power fight between India and China. India is kind of keeping their relationship with everyone else in the world a little more, whereas China is doing their own thing a little bit. Like when the Americans try to mess with them, they're just like, who are you to tell us? We are the number one power and we will be number one again. That's the kind of sense that I get from the philosophy. And India seems to me to have and, a lot more. And, wait, um, and, and Faye, you're from Taiwan, right? So that's like. I'm from Taiwan. I'm not Chinese uh, from China, okay. but I have family in China. So the reason oh. that I'm um, as a Taiwanese person, people would expect me to take Taiwan's side over that of China. But I don't because I know I know that history is not made up of, you know, just one side. 
So having lived in the United States and having family in China allows me to know for that the Great Firewall is there to protect people way more than from misinformation from Facebook and from Microsoft and from Google, from these corporate interests. If they were allowed access to China, they would be doing all here, except they would be beholden to the United States government, which is another. Okay, so if you That's a great point. were China, that, yeah. you would yeah, allow Facebook to have that. everybody's private information. But that's what we think about when we talk about TikTok. You know, we're concerned that TikTok but might please, have Please uh, get a little closer to your mic, Faye. Keep cutting out. Sorry to cut you off, but get a little closer to your mic. Oh, yeah, you but do TikTok keep cutting out. Thank TikTok, you. Is, TikTok is like a, a United States corporation with Chinese investors, and we're already concerned. So why? So China's like, well, if you're concerned, put a wall. You know, we are not allowing you to spy on us because we don't allow Microsoft to come in, create everything, and take over. We don't allow Facebook to get everybody's private information and then later complain to them about it because we're not dragging Facebook into some corporate, you know, legislative hearings to ask them to do what we should have, right? We, the people, are taking responsibility. For it. And there's nothing wrong with that as far as I see. You know, China was smart. They, they are the last place you can go if you're trying to escape the United States. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, hey, fair enough. I mean, these big, like, no one's hands are clean. And yeah, numbers wise, it's hard to make the argument that there's so much worse. I mean, I just saw the Michael Moore documentary about the 2016 election, and they were showing the conditions in Flint, Michigan. And it's all stuff they'd say, no way. It was like hard third world shit. So it's no offense to anyone. But uh, it is like it is one of those things where we, we do have this judgment on other countries. India gets it a lot. China gets it a lot, especially because they have big countries. So you're just going to have those kind of bigger numbers and it's it's going to happen. But America's no better. I mean, it's and it is a hard to make the argument sometimes because people are just like, oh, you think even with with uh, women's rights, but especially with like violence and killing people, it's like America technically would be number one in that game because they have the 800 military bases around the world. And, uh, you know, it's it's like part of their economy almost. And we kind of just like Iraq and all but, that stuff. Before before you guys go on, I, what I what I love about this mm-hmm. conversation is that like you can agree with some of each other's points, and it's civil, and it's much better than the crap we get on CNN and Fox News. That they'll never concede a point to another person. I just want to say that. Oh, yeah. thanks, Ariel. Um, I I think it's awesome that Amish is uh is here today, and I wanted to ask, do you feel very connected to uh, India also? Yeah, yeah, I have family there. I still talk to them. I talked to, I video chatted with someone yesterday, um, my mom, my dad's sister. So I'm very much connected, and uh, and I'm very much like aware of the news, especially the India-China border disputes. Like they're always fighting back and forth. So yeah. I know, I, I know quite a bit about the history there and like the the politics and stuff like that. Um, you know, in some ways, yeah, China's killing it. I think they're going to be number one soon. India doesn't have the same strictness i guess my other question though for you Faye, but like what what do you think about um what do you think about xi jinping taking power for life does is that does that not cross the line for you um okay so some of the things that don't cross the line for me is because i am so uh disappointed with our democracy right now just like chill like we've this whole last year everything i learned about our democracy made me feel a little bit worse <laughs> right yeah. Like, oh, well, we run different candidates, but then, you know, the money really controls who gets to win. And then the, you know, establishment kind of picked the candidate. And if 
right? The Supreme Court couldn't stop them. And, you know, like, uh, you know, we have all the elections, but if there's no ranked choice voting, so people constantly argue about whether you're throwing your choice vote away. I mean, there's just so many problems with it. And so, yes, there are problems with Xi Jinping, but there's also, you know, some, uh, it's, it's not like there's some benefits to it, right? There's some benefits to having a really good leader and people really like him. So it's difficult for me to say, I feel an outsider there, right? I would have to really understand them a lot to understand why they would do, allow him to do that. I think the people really do have um, some say in their government there. They just have it in a different way. So, um, for example, like in India, right? Um, I think Indians should be really surprised at the kind of democracy. I remember that um, there was a, a, a whole series on uh, Indian uh, voting and how, how voting works. And that uh, that was on, um, oh, man, I can't remember his name for a minute. Um, but there was, it was like a late uh, kind of little late night show type of thing where they do the comedy. And um, they were, Daily they had a whole series. Yeah, Daily I'm Show. I'm sorry? Da Daily Show? The Daily, it might have been the Daily Show when they did a whole series on how the Indian voting worked and how it yeah. was really the greatest democracy in the world. That mm -hmm. they have more voters than we have and that they have a higher percentage of voters than we do, and they yep. really try to give every single person a chance to vote, no matter, and that there were even directions, like if you didn't have enough limbs, like you could vote with your elbows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're making <laughs> it work. They're making it work. They find a way to make that democracy really work. And I, these are, these are the kinds of comparisons that I think are really important. Like people... Um, have solutions in other countries that they're already using, right? And the Chinese solutions don't work for us because we are nothing like them. We're just so opposite. But maybe in India, which has, you know, and has a deep understanding of, uh, you know, the British system and how, you know, like the, we have the same economics in the same, in a lot of ways. Um, I feel like there's a lot we could be learning from. Well, you know? India, India is fundamentally just like trying to be West. I, I think that's a major difference too. Like they're trying to be Western, whereas China, they have a different mentality of like, we're here for China. There is a loyalty to the country that really India doesn't have. Like India has states that want to separate. Some people are communist. Um, there's like so many religions. And this is honestly like, you know, the re-education camp thing. A lot of people in India are like, hey, why don't we do that? Why are these people here? Because they separated the country. They had a very bloody separation of Pakistan and India. And a lot of Hindus in India are like, why are there still Muslims here? We made a country for you. Go to your country. You don't, why are you changing our laws to match your thing? But they're trying to be a democracy and they're doing that whole thing. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's all stuff that we can sit over here and judge. But yeah, when you're over there and you got to deal with that mass of people, you're just going to have different issues and different ways of going about it. So, like, I, I get it. That's not me say being callous towards the, the Muslim people, but it is, like, me saying, like, you know, everyone has their own way of dealing with it. And, uh, yeah, well, no, it's I... Not, I, I um, it's not, I'm not saying that... Have have these, uh, situations to be able to put in much input, but uh, I, I, I know that both of you have the best intentions in mind, so I don't think anybody's going to, like, think that you're, like, trying to you know, distance yourself from any situation or make excuses for anybody. This is just an open conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's, it's I, I'm certainly not assuming that China has any good, uh, has necessarily good intentions all the time. But I would like to um, 
uh, like sort of uh, just push. What I'd like to do is push back and and say to people, have you actually tried to find out anything that is not being offered to you by YouTube or Google or, you know, Facebook, you know, I I need need to like try to find out something different. And also um, the other problem is the things that we're judging them by. You have to actually imagine that your 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 perspective is um, and your ideas of their motivations, right, are built on things that we already understand. So we, when we see uh, China take an action, we assume that they have the same motivations that China, that the United States might have if we took that action. But yeah. when in fact they don't, they have a whole different way of thinking about things. So, for example, mm. little things in the house, right? If I was um, eating with my children uh, and at a big, and I'm in the Chinese family, uh, you know, the way that we eat is um, the mom is cooking and all the people rush to the table. Thing comes out of the kitchen and we sit down, we start eating. Well, what do the Americans do? They wait. They have to wait for the mom to be, right? It's rude to start eating with. And then you might sit down, you might say, great, right? And everybody's ready, table set, then you eat. But in Chinese families, it that would be the um, not the rule. The rule is everybody rushes in to come eat and the mom is still cooking in the kitchen. So which one of those is the correct way, right? It, it has to be like, how do you think about it? With well, the way that Chinese, uh, the food tasting good is respecting the mom. So if you wait for the food to get cold, it doesn't taste good, and then you've disrespected her cooking. I kind of go right? back. So and, it's more important to be there. Yeah. I kind of go back and forth on like the like primacy of culture and uh, kind of government and, and whatnot. My. Sometimes I think it seems really important. Other times, though, I think it's more uh, about how things are expressed rather than like a fundamental difference, I'd say. Um, but I don't know. Like, uh, I, I've probably said this at one point, but uh, where Shale and I live, we, uh, we're we like a, a one of the big refugee areas for uh, the Falun Dafa, the Falun Gong uh, from China. And they are man they hate china in a way that like no one in the west like could <laughs> so you, you get like from them they, they're they're they were extremely pro-trump because he picked a fight with china and um they, they give a oh, god what's their newspaper that they put out around here they put out in both uh Chinese yeah the and, new uh, epic times i hate to yeah, do yeah, that yeah, no, epic times yeah <laughs> uh, so like yeah they have actually a a uh a big uh like a uh, compound actually like maybe 10 20 10 15 miles uh, east of us that's uh you it's can actually close. see it from yeah. the train yeah it looks it looks like something like right out of like asia we could go. <laughs> you go by it and you're like what the heck we've joked about going occasionally i don't think we will I'm not sure no because they actually do have yeah. uh, armed uh, guards <laughs> right so and yeah. it's very pretty I, from yeah. a distance it's a very nice structure but i've actually seen um like uh, disputes between uh, like different Chinese immigrants, uh, like both from uh, like Falun Gong and more from uh, you know okay. the more typical I guess Han culture. And it's uh, the parts that were in English were uh, there wasn't much of it in English, but the parts that were were uh, basically like oh we we you do this to us and then the other person say no we no we don't and 
It really did not help clean up any misconceptions I, I might have had about China at all. <laughs> I, I, well, I wanna... the Falun Gong is um, is definitely one of the leaders of the movement to discredit China, and I I pretty much, you know, don't believe that that minority is necessarily the you know, really a good view of what China is. I think that people need to travel more, come and see it without the politics and, um, and you know, get to know the people first. But it's hard to do that, you know. It's we can travel topic. virtually yeah. by watching shows. It's difficult yeah, I mean, to, um, to really know. The Chinese government great videos, too. Uh, they have a channel called CGTN on, on YouTube. It's incredible. And, mm-hmm. you know, you really get a sense of the difference that we have in our values because – like, like the video that I was telling you guys about where they were honoring this border guard, in their minds, they are honoring that border guard. They're not looking at it like we look – like you almost get to the end and you're like, holy shit. They're, they love this guy because he didn't let someone out. It's like a twist ending. But in their minds, they're like, look at what a great job he's doing. He's protecting our border. So we don't have that history that they have. They have a 4,000-year, 3,000-year history. Same thing with India. So, for example, like when it comes to discrimination against Muslim people, they have a different mentality. Their mentality, China's mentality, I think, with Xinjiang, the province, is this was taken over by people and we're just correcting it. And it's the same thing inside of no. That just that's, isn't true. Well, that's, their, that's CGTN. I mean, that's straight from Chinese government. No, Xinjiang has been around. Xinjiang has always been uh, has always been Muslim for as long as people remember. It yeah. goes back over a thousand years. And Xi'an yeah, also. Yeah. No, but that's uh, when you saying. see all Would those they... statues of the people uh, underground, these are not things that we consider take- and we, we treasure them. So the fact that we have Chinese Islamic food is something that we love it. I mean, every city has Chinese Islamic restaurants, and chi- all Chinese people can eat there, not just the Islamic people. No, no, sure, we sure. But, but I'm talking about the it's government's like, official stance. You know. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, sorry, say that again. I, I missed that. I'm just saying that, I mean, these are, I think, are, these types of attitudes come from, I think, uh, all of this social media. Forced to consume. There really isn't an option. Is, is what I'm saying. CGTN, if you watch it and you say that's propaganda, then we need to find some other things to watch. For example, there's a great channel called, uh, maybe later, Zephyr, there's another channel called Li Zixi, for example, and all she does is, it's very apolitical. It's just a channel where she shows you um, do all of the things in the countryside community all by herself. It's just her and her grandma, and she pretty much, her grandma's too old to be working. So she builds everything in her house. She makes all the food. And it's just very simple. But, um, you know, like, first you have to kind of, like, just, you know, step back from the politics and say, these are the people. These are their values. And then if a people like this got together and made a government, how would it be different? It would be different than than anybody else. I will say one thing real quick. Um, You could do that with people in America, too. Yeah, and you can all of the problems that we have with America. So I don't really think that looking a- at apolitical people helps you inf- helps inform you on the politics of the area. Totally. I mean, I mean, you look in but Canada too. Like we have indigenous, we have indigenous people here that they're we're still doing settler colonialism on the on Canadian indigenous people. But if you ask anyone, anyone from India, anyone from China, mm-hmm. they say Canada's amazing. Uh, anyone from like, of course, we don't care. We don't even know about it. Like our media is actively trying to suppress any kind of indigenous issues. 
So, and I've been on their land. It's like they, they get different stuff there. I don't know. They get like different internet connection. They have different like whatever. But with, with I mean, the reason I bring up CGTN, because Faye, earlier you were saying that I'm, you know, I might be watching some other people's propaganda. I'm watching straight from China. Mm-hmm. And and look, my what the point that I'm trying to make there is India is doing the same thing. They right now, uh, they just took over a Muslim mosque who what that they say a hundred years ago or maybe a thousand years ago was Hindu and they took it over. So this is the perspective of in, on the inside of like Hindus. And I, and that's the sense I got from that, the, the, the Chinese documentary to uh, the, the, the CGTN channel. So in general was like, China, I think assuming that China is doing what India is doing and the, assuming that they would be doing what is unfair. I don't think that similar in that way. And that's something that my grandfather once said. Um, my grandfather was uh, fighting against the communists uh, when when he ended up being pushed into Taiwan, right? And then later he was brought to the United States in his old to be with my uh, to be with his daughter. Everybody can take care of him. So he got to live in these three places, and in the United States, I remember when Mao Zedong did one thing right. He said, he said. Um, that he did not try to become like the United States. So there's something in that, is that the, the people are different. They have their own... Yeah. No, and, right? They have everything as their own, and they and, do it yeah. a whole different way. Uh, no, and, in but Taiwan, but we don't. Thing like CGTN, which is their, 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 uh, their channel, like the government, it's a government-produced channel. Mm-hmm. It's very polished, very tight. And, I mean, that's the argument that mm-hmm. they're trying to make on the channel, that... Yeah. This is this is an aber- same with Falun uh, Falun Gong is it is it's the the I think you were mentioning this before uh, Moto yeah, yeah, Moto? yeah. Falun Dong right or yeah yeah Falun Dafa Falun yeah Dafa. Falun Dafa sorry yeah. So Falun it's Dong is- like like the official and same thing with Hong Kong it's like the ad- I think everyone cut out on me. Oops! Oh, Falun Gong is not is not is not Muslim. They are Christian. Uh, I thought they were Buddhist. Huh? I think we lost our guest for a little bit. Um, uh, I want to say, like uh, in Taiwan, we are we are colonialized. So in 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 Taiwan, we haven't had Britain, but we have been colonized by many different groups, including the Dutch a long time ago. Was like and um, the Japanese more recently was had um, had us as a protectorate or something like that. And then, um, you know, then we went back to the Kuomintang, which came over, um, which was my grandfather and my grandparents on both sides. And during that generation, it was really hard because even though we're supposed to be all, you know, sort of um, ethnically Chinese, right, we were kind of taken over. But uh, to this day, really, I would say that we're very much the little brother of the United States because we depend on the United States for, you know, military strength and uh, many other things like that. So when I was little growing up, I actually listened to American style music. And uh, when you go to Taiwan, the kids celebrate things like Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas. These are not traditional Chinese things. So when I compared uh, China to Taiwan, it is more natural because it hasn't been corrupted. 
like like my country was in Taiwan. So, yeah, Mia, you were going to say do, something. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. I, I, we only have about a half an hour left, and I do want to talk a little bit more about the election in the U.S. before we go, because it's like here. And also, um, specifically, because I know Shale's going to feel very upset about this if I bring it up, and I know that we'll get a good reaction shot out of him. How do you feel about Speaker Pelosi putting in her hand again to be um, leader of the House after swearing she wouldn't as part of the conditions? I didn't, I didn't know that she swore that she wouldn't. So I had no opportunity to uh, build uh, in inaccurate expectations. So, wow! <laughs> ah. Very well said, dude. You're gonna be in politics. I think they're gonna. Oh, so. I, just, I deserve an easy job that's really overpaid. How do you feel about her in general putting her hand back in? Very negatively. <laughs> I don't like it. Not at all. Um. Yeah, I, I presumed she would. I always presumed we would never be rid of her. So they all just here she is. Power. Yeah, you, you, you know, from her you know, cold, I'm, dead I'm, hands. Right. Uh, I, I don't uh, think she. I, I think she'll come back until she's dead. Go. So 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 Amish works with actually um Stephen who runs the Coffeezilla channel, and he said that like we want new blood. I think the problem around the world is that we need more younger people involved in like entertainment, in politics, in all these things because everybody we have now is like a dinosaur. They're these they're these geriatrics. And they're not with the times like like if, if we invited if, if they had to do some technical things, they wouldn't know how. And I think that's the problem with our world right now. Too many old people and too many positions of power. Yeah, um, you know a good one too so come from China too, and maybe India, is that they actually have engineers in in politics. In America, no engineers. They have T V stars, they have lawyers. Lawyer. All lawyers. <laughs> it's all lawyers, which which they're basically just taught as a lawyer to use the law to make your case. But they have like a, I think I think uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking about this. How in China they have a lot of engineers running, uh, you know, in politics, and it's actually very successful for them. And Yang Gang is a great example of that too. He's like one of the smartest thinkers, very technologically advanced. Right. And people just can't keep up. I think. Uh, Amish, I wanted to ask you. I know this is deviating from from America again. Uh, with uh, to to what degree do you think uh, like uh, Modi in India is comparable to Trump? Do you think because sometimes you know there's a, a sort of like a global right wing revanchism that uh, seems to be taking place? Do you think there's the comparisons are accurate at all? Yeah, they 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 definitely have like they're they're both anti like he has a nationalism. There is a Hindu nationalism happening. And, uh, you know, and that is that's something I know Faye is going to disagree with this, but I think China has a similar thing with Xi Jinping. It's like they have like our our people are number one and whoever else is here, you got to get in line or go to wherever you're supposed to be. Yeah, To me, it strikes me. I think that's it's a symptom of, a, of, of the breakdown of, of the like neoliberal trade order on, on the uh, international level that you're seeing at least countries making efforts to to kind of re-nationalize or re reassert their national identity um it's kind of interesting to me but uh yeah back to america i guess <laughs> yeah well well i think this this all ties in with like no matter you know what you believe or where you are right now your mind should always be open to like new information and new evidence because i think like a lot of this stuff with like scammers or 
salespeople who want to make a ton of money. And with politics, it's this whole theme, you know, I'm going to wear my jersey mentality that that you see, whether it comes to fake gurus or whether it comes to politicians, that people are in this paradigm lock and they can't open their brains to like other ways of thinking or other ways of seeing the world. So they get stuck in this um, cost uh, fa- fallacy, sunken cost fallacy with whatever idea they have whether it's with politics or whether it's with, like, a scam artist. You know, to that end, I wonder if us becoming not the world's power anymore, but two or three behind India and or China might be the shakeup that allows us to redefine our culture in a way that gives us better politics. I'm certainly tired of us pretending that we do everything perfect no matter what it is. We're yeah. kind of weird. With like, I think, and, and it's interesting because I think Trump failed in part because uh, American the idea of an American national identity is always sort of like shaky to begin with. You know, we're, we're a, uh, you know, either depending on your perspective, either an immigrant nation or a uh, settler colonial nation, but it's uh, none of us are really, almost none of us anyway, are really from here. Yeah. We all sort of adapted this like secular, like sort of like low key society idea. Yeah, it's weird how in America, like, on the one hand, it's like, it's like I thought we came here for the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and you have these conservatives telling you, no, you came here because it's a Christian nation, because you love Christian nation, Christian values. It's like, I, I thought it was sex, drugs, rock and roll. I thought that's what the whole point was. So yeah, I mean, that, that's, I think, that's never been the case. Like, technically, I, I, the first people to come over here were Protestants, and were fleeing um, more loose and free-loving Christians off in England. They wanted to be able to be their strict... Um, work it away selves. Yeah. I mean, you also had Sephardic Jews, though. There's even like an, a really early uh, American... Uh, I'm a Sephardic Jew. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, the, the first Jews in America were actually Sephardics. Um, the, uh, but you had the... Uh, th- there was some like treaty that was proposed uh, with like uh, Islamic nations like back in like the early 18th century uh, that you can actually uh, read... I'm always terrible at like remembering the names of these things, but it, it, it kind of laid out the the case that uh, America was specifically not Christian because they wanted to uh, essentially have like established relations with the uh, you know uh, nations that did not have a good previous experience with Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's interesting. I think I think the move though for America right now is to lean into the globalization. I think global, I think patriotism to a country, and I was saying this on the podcast yesterday too, like where you say this to people from Texas and they're like, what do you, how could you say this? It's like, what is patriotism? It's, it's a step away from nationalism. And they are these meaningless lines. Like, I mean, people come and draw these lines and we got to live by them. And we're proud of like my, you know, I came out of my mom on this side of the line versus that side of the line. It's like America's move right now is to go globalist it's kind of like with environmental stuff, but then India and China are always going to be mad because it's like with environmental stuff, America gets rich and then they say, hey, let's take care of the environment. India and China says, fuck you, we got to take care of our people now. Like it's the only way to come up is to destroy the environment. You're, we're basically taking it all out and feeding people with it. It's the only way we know how to do it, maybe. Not the only way, but like, you know, it's the easiest way, the cheapest way. So now point. I think with America, they need to move on into globalized, global, like a global thing, like a Star Trek. Because the thing that worries me about America. That was Yang. Yeah. The thing that worries about me about the American Empire in particular is uh, 
even as we're on the the downside, our 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 empire was built on the ability to project force over long distances, and neither India nor China is any can really compete with us on that level. I think China and India can defend themselves well, and their their local uh, regions. But like we're, I I fear the temper tantrum are dying like or, or, or maybe like the best idea is just to be like chill like Canada like. Canada never pisses off countries or like bothers them, and like everybody is like they're, they're such a non toxic, calm people. I don't know if you can help yeah. me. Yeah, no, you're when it comes to the Aboriginal. Yeah, no, except for that. Well, which we which we mostly ignore though. Like like the the way we deal with Indigenous people in Canada, we don't treat them like oh let's let's suppress them. We treat it like hey let's just not talk about it. Like it's a it's a bit it's a different mm-hmm. thing of like um, I feel like in America there's there's a little more like open maybe hey if you don't like it here get out of here kind of attitude whereas in Canada it's like oh that's terrible that that's happening okay oh, bye yeah. it's a we divisive really bit of American about... subculture like on on like the northeast really it's like that yeah. but in like the really south people don't talk about some things anymore. anyway sorry go on we are such a large and divided country. I'm gonna agree with anything yeah. Sorry, sorry, Ariel. I'm going to agree with Ariel that um, I think that I'm going to agree with Ariel that I. Uh-oh. And even if it is just like I'm just going to talk less about this terrible thing that's happening in our country, um, because but part of it is because of, uh, absolute power is what it is. You know, um, when we talk when we talk about when I talk about trying to get away from the United, States, I'm talking about it from. Uh, personal experience so i tried to escape the united and i couldn't (laughs) because where can you go you can go to canada you can go to mexico or you can take a very small boat and try to float it somewhere but if you try to get on an airplane you're going to need to have a passport that they're going to check they're going to know and this happens to a lot of people a country they have to explore these different options and there are there are no options something from you go to Mexico, they pay the Mexicans. They bring. You go to Canada, Canada says, "Oh, yeah, well, if the United States send you back." I mean, nobody says to the United States, "No." Canada Unless you get to, to Russia or you get to China, <laughs> these are the two places in the world. It's wow. funny because maybe Canada, you could go to South Korea or North Korea. Huh? Didn't Canada used to I'm have sorry. more of a like a refuge, like a positive? Had like a bolder refugee policy for Americans and like dissenters. I feel like that somewhere along the line that like just stopped. Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, yeah. definitely during Vietnam. Vietnam, I think they kind of had an attitude of like, we're not going to Vietnam. It's oppressive to you. So come on over, babe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they were nice for a while. I mean, I investigated right. immigrating to Canada uh, like just after the uh, 2008 crash. They were not interested yeah. in me personally. I don't know. <laughs> Harper really no, shut no, that no. down. I think quite Vietnam, a bit. not the economic crash. It's like they just stay there, fix that. But the, but Vietnam is a lot. It's almost refugee status worthy. You know, right. like if you're if you're you know twenty and or eighteen and being told you have to go to Vietnam for the next five years, you're they, and especially like five years into or a couple of years into Vietnam, they realize that people are coming back with issues. It's almost like a humanitarian. It's the right thing to do to let right. them in, maybe, but. Now it's yeah. just kind of like, okay, well, you don't like Trump? Well, that's your problem. Fix it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, true. Yeah, that's true. 
But um, there, there are people uh, who are in different situations with that, though, who could really use an option other than the U.S. to go to or a place that's willing to take in people who are because the economic situation here, if you're in poverty, is enough to trap you down there permanently. There's no way out and medical bills can bury you. You know, we have a different kind of refugee crisis where people should be escaping here to get to places where they're actually yeah. going to I watch these war documentaries, um, and it just feels like just go to the other state. Then I don't know. They were talking about Flint, Michigan, turning into this like military testing thing. He's showing footage of Flint, Michigan. It's like so brutal. They oh, are yeah. I know it's it's like hard to imagine. I but these the- these helicopters are coming. They're like bombing like in Michigan. I live like, in what the, uh- is happening? And people won't. People don't leave. And I guess it's hard to leave because the teachers are like. I know that people can be incumbent upon them to leave, but we are trapped in our economic positions. You can't just pick up and leave if your job is what's feeding your kids. Expecting people to leave where they're at because people are terrorizing them is not a good solution. A lot of of the rest of the teachers are like, I'm going to leave these kids hanging. You know, It's, it's like, oh, you're leaving us? Like the bombs dropped or whatever. And it's like you're the teacher of these 25 kids and you run their soccer thing. And then it's like, oh, sorry, guys, I'm going to New York. It just feels like it feels shitty, I think. That, and that's why a lot of people stayed. They were just like a sense of community. They, they, some people just couldn't leave in the even documentary. In, uh, even in New York. Like, what am I going to do? Like, leave these kids? Even in New York, there's an enormous difference in like, you know, people think of like the New York, wealth of New York City. Hell, fuck, even within New York City, there's parts that look like a disaster versus, you know shiny and and when you get up more like towards the canadian border uh you're you're essentially in ohio at that point or even michigan uh just like burned out factories um it completely looks you know in some places it looks third world i've i i put i I drove uh with a trini friend of mine an immigrant she uh through uh actually a town maybe about 20 miles east of us that uh is just ravaged by economic crisis and she was like this looks this looks worse than home like any place and i was like yeah i was like the the poverty levels here can get insane yeah no and and that's that's where i am seeing like a shift towards i think chinese dominance i mean india's not making the moves outside of india but china is making the moves and it could be the new world power and they there is a lot of people, and Faye, tell me, like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I've seen a lot of people kind of have that, um, you know, that's kind of part of the plan. It's like this economic, they call it the economic miracle. They fix China. Mm-hmm. And it's like an old plan, yeah, too, where I it's like. It is. Yeah, I mean. I believe they're, it they're, is, what she said. Yeah, they, they, they believe, um, like. China needs to be. Yeah, China's so, the only one that can do it. So China has to do it now. And China has been uh, long-term planning for this because of that Belt Road Initiative, Star Wars. You know, they've got their uh, satellites up now. They can do 5G in the desert anywhere you want to be. You've got 5G going, right? So, yeah. I mean, they can do they can do a lot of things. Have not been, which is why Yang was like, "Do we do that?" Right. Right. We need to bring that back the cabinet position. And also we're just we're well, losing I, out because they I, have been doing a good job. Right. They've well, really been doing a good job at educating their people. They yeah, built the infrastructure. I really think that this is like this is why like Yang was always like joking about 
about him being Asian and being pretty smart and like thing, but like part of that is true. It's like America has all these lawyers and like movie reality TV stars. And no wonder these other countries are advancing so much more than we are because they have like the engineers and the scientists and the tech people. We just have these idiots with gigantic egos running everything and just messing everything up. Well, it's funny because, like, the, the command, like, command economies were so vilified uh, during the Cold War, and China, I, the Soviet Union. I mean, they actually, there's, they're, they're, they had a miracle there, like, going from an agrarian nation to like a superpower in like 30 years. But you know, eventually they couldn't keep it up. But I mean, like, China, China now has kind of got like the next generation of that, and um, there's something to it. You know, there's some things you do not want to leave to. The, purely leave to the market and i think we've learned that lesson the hard that... way i i saw so a Chris, great video about um... mm -hmm. sorry please go uh, ahead yeah. <laughs> we all tried to um interrupt at the same time yeah. go ahead Amish, oh, share oh, the oh, so so, so yeah. uh, just, just speaking to that point of like of like uh of like being educated like i, I just saw a great I don't know if I mentioned this. I, I actually write for TV here in Canada. And I was watching a great documentary about, uh, not documentary, like it's a YouTube video, comparing Asian versus American cartoons and storytelling. In one major difference, this person was saying, is that in the Asian TV shows, whatever the, the, the main guy, it's they're rock and roll, they're cool, they, they fight, they do motorcycle, whatever, but straight A's, straight A's. And then they'll literally take the same show, make it in America, and they'll make the kid be like, I don't care about school. I flunked. I don't care. Same show. So many examples. I don't know what it is about America. They almost respect this Republican shit. This, this, I shoot from the hip. They're like George W. Bush and Trump, too. They, they, they almost like it. They're like, I don't, I'm stupid. What? That's like, they almost look at his honesty. They're like, what are you, one of these educated <laughs> Protestant work ethic. I think a lot of it has to do with the disrespect for the um, education system that they have, too. Like, a lot of um, right-wing Republican people don't believe that coming out of college leaves you actually more educated. They think it's brainwashing. So, and Andrew, who gets Fs and doesn't respect the system, is probably smarter than everybody else from that perspective. Yeah. But well, the one again, I actually live in rural East Texas, and so I'm living among, the, you know, kind of maybe looked down upon in, because they don't understand them. And so, again, it's the same thing. It's like, yes, there's a very high level of anti. We have a saying in Chinese that explains it completely. The saying is, um, which means in a hundred different uh, applications. A student or a scholar is of of no use, cannot do any of them. <laughs> so, you know, a student doesn't know how to do any of the things that the rural person does because he knows, he knows, he knows uh, something growing in his garden. He knows all the things he needs to do for himself. He knows how to do. And the same thing with the woman. I don't want to just, you know, just men. But uh, a student, a scholar, has been taken out of that natural. Put him in a in a situation, you know, things that seem of no use to them. So you trust. But the intellectual, of course, is very useful. I mean, coming from a, a background, 
I went to UC Berkeley, so I was that scholar, right, that doesn't know how to do anything. So um, it's sort of an interesting situation where in the United States, that's what's running the Republican Party. Yeah. Is there's this uh, giant group of people who don't trust anybody in the government because what do they know about us? They know nothing. No, that's what I'm saying. I think they're they're not entirely wrong I, about that because well, it's self-fulfilling. No yeah. motto. There's uh, is it self-fulfilling? Like like they say they say the government doesn't work. Look, it doesn't work. Like they, these Republicans, probably, yeah. they will say education doesn't work. Okay, you've been trying to put creationism in for ten years. Leave no, it. It's true. I mean, maybe I, just leave it, and it would have been fine. I think especially I'll, in Texas, they put creationism. I think in some of the textbooks. I think at the college level, because our colleges are actually pretty like strong on on the the. Uh, you know, yeah, relative to our like primary schools, but there's a there's a degree to which there's there's a kind of like indoctrination that happens there that I think they are not entirely wrong to be suspicious of. Yeah, and, and then um, financially they screw yeah, it. Colleges, and, and also like Harvard, like like almost all of our like ruling class like goes to like the Ivy Leagues. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, and so you know it, it ends up looking like a conspiracy or a uh, like a cabal that's running you and. I think there is a level of truth to that. Like, I think usually, yeah. I, I don't yeah. like. Obviously, the answer isn't necessarily to be like you know a uh, to give into like anti-intellectualism entirely. But I think there's a degree to which we pat ourselves on the back a little too much for. And I say this as somebody who's like overeducated and has degrees. I, I probably shouldn't have even bothered admitting. <laughs> but I, you know, I don't know. I, I have a lot of mixed feelings on it. I, I don't want to. I think it's less about the education than it is about the kind of person you become after you become educated who doesn't believe that they can be wrong. Right. Yes, I, and also I, I looking think, down that there, on the people like, who didn't get that education. The, that that's true. There there's a lot of like like people who have these high degrees who look down upon people who don't have them. But I think that's Yang was great at bridging the divide. He said, I know why you rural people are angry. I know why you factory workers are angry because it just looks like you're going through all of this hardship and poverty. And all the Democrats are telling you is that you're racist and you're not educated enough, you know, and that was the beauty about Yang is that he could bridge that divide from the overeducated to like the not so much educated. Yeah, I think actually I, I agree with you, Ariel. I think uh, I think Yang probably has one of the more like eclectic uh bases it's small but there's it's definitely it seems to cut across a lot of classes in a way uh i'm not even sure bernie's did at the end of the day oh yeah he's a sweetheart he's a nice guy he's not cocky he's not rude to people yang is like so lovable man he's doing great i really wish that he didn't beef i don't know how bad the beef is but i feel like him and sanders don't get along that kind of makes me a little sad but yang is such a sweet guy he you know, la- his laugh is infectious. He's really Bernie reaching got, out to people. Yeah. I think Bernie got some bad advice from uh, some of the more like I just self. Well, well, well it, it was, really, it was I thought it was political. I thought it was a political hit on Bernie. When, 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 when? What's her name? Uh, Elizabeth May is it? Elizabeth Warren? 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 That was a weird yeah. sellout on him. I was like, what? What are you guys doing? Like, you're just. And then I think Yang was like being pragmatic, and he said, "Okay, I don't want to associate with this coup." He's old. He never made it anywhere. I want to be part of the establishment because you can see Yang moving into Biden a little bit where he's like, look, I'm going establishment, but I want to be effective. I don't want to be this guy in the background. For, yeah. You know, until I'm 80. 100%. But, 
My perspective no. with Yang is that he's trying a lot of different things, and now he's making some mistakes that like are kind of noob mistakes. But I think he's also open to like taking risks. So he's, you know, I, I definitely see him engaging in like a feeling out process and like a learning process in real time. I, I don't know where it's going yet, but I, you know. But, but once once somewhere. he gets the hang of it, he's going to be super effective. All he needs is that initial momentum. And once that starts going and once he gets the hang of things, we're going to see things change. Yeah, hey, Jim Kittle's lightning tweets thing the other day. I didn't even hear about that, but he was there. You know, a lot of the problem Yang had was name recognition and the established can provide you that. If there's one thing they're good at, it's making sure that the people they want to be seen are seen. Yeah, yeah. And he, he did a good job of coming around. I think initially they were like, we hate this guy with his UBI, whatever. He did a good job of really making friends. And I think the podcast is so smart that he's doing. It's so ahead of the game. And it's just such an easy way to transition over to politics. It's we should all just be building our podcast. You know, <laughs> like like if you want to be in politics, you want to be a comedian. I say to comedians all the time, same thing with politicians. And I think if you want to be in politics, you should probably be funny. Because otherwise, how can people stand to watch you? Thank you so much for coming to our show. Because we only have a few minutes left, I'd love to have everybody sign off, and I'd love to hear uh, how people can maybe connect with you if they'd like to find you. Uh, do you want to share maybe some social media um, platform where we can find you? Uh oh. Oh no. Maybe some of us should start because our guest is a little frozen. I'll start. Um, my name is Faye Koo. You can find me on Facebook as myself. And you can uh, come talk politics with me there. Or you can uh, find me at, on Twitter at Palestine Math. Okay. okay. Um, let's go to Chris. Uh, I am Moto. I can uh, be found on Twitter at Moto Motes, M-O-T-O underscore M-O-T-E-S. Awesome. And how about you, Ariel? Thank you for inviting all the we've been having this week. Yeah, with Robert and Amish. Yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, okay, so I'm Ariel, and you can find me at uh, on um, Twitter, Ariel's Ariel's. That's A-R-I-E-L-S-A-E-R-I-A-L-S. And on YouTube as Revolutionary Thinking. And Amish also did an interview there. And how about, uh, I think we have our guest back. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. Uh, I'm Are you ready to call us our guest? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm at Fade to Brown on Instagram and uh, Facebook. Um, I'm writing TV. So I'll, I just post stuff from, like, if I'm on set, I'll just post it over there. I, I act, too. On, uh, actually, a PBS show called Odd Squad. I just did an episode of Odd Squad this week. So I think that'll be coming out soon. But uh, I'm, I'm on a show called Dino Dana on Amazon Prime. It's a kid show. But uh, mostly, yeah, I do podcasts. I do Steven's podcast every – or I shouldn't say that. It's called The Drip. It's our podcast. We do it together every Friday morning for like four hours. Sometimes it goes five, six hours. The election coverage, wow. we did like seven hours. But um, there's like a 1,000 people in the chat. It always gets wild. There's always like and, arguments and, and in there. I, and I, I was on. <laughs> yeah, and, and Ariel got on. Like people get on from the chat as well. So we oh, have this is what you were talking about. Okay. I get it now. Yeah. It's a Friday morning <laughs> show. It's a, we, we call out like con artists and, and stuff like that and fake gurus. But we're getting into a lot of politics because that's who's in politics. So it's been uh, it's been a fun show. And it's growing, Trump, so. did, Trump did an MLM and a fake university. So it all ties together. 
it, it does tie together. So yeah, but I'm, I'm at Fade to Brown on Instagram. I post on there. Like there's links to everything that I talked about there. So just follow me on Instagram and uh, you'll find me. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, we left some of our best for last, Mia and Shale. So Mia. Um, my name is Mia Dunford. I am at Mia Songbird on Twitter and Mia Songbird on Fray.world. I also co-host Humanity Hangs for Humanity Forward on Tuesdays and Fridays every week. Um, I'm very accessible. Feel free anytime to drop me a DM, write me, show up to a hang. I'd love to see everybody there. And uh, yeah, that's it. Have a great night. <laughs> and Jill? Thank you. Uh, I am Shale. I'm S-H-A-E-L-R-I-L-E-Y, Shale Riley on Twitter. That's the place for me. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for coming on. Uh, this was really a great talk. I really enjoyed it and learned some things. Um, I'll be nice. back. Uh, we'll be back streaming at 8, 8 to 11. I'm going to come back just on Twitch, hang out. Um, Maybe some other people will be there. Maybe just me. Maybe let's talk to people in the chat. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But a social stream tonight. So if you are not sick of me, then there's more of me to come. So, <laughs> Anish, anytime yes. you would like to drop by, we put up our schedule every One of the channels is the schedule Every chat. Thursday, and she said. Can... Be here. Yes. Every Thursday. So every Thursday yeah. you can see what's happening Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah, if someone you know or want to talk to is coming on the show, just come on. Uh, feel free to just just you know drop in on the yeah, show. We're very open here. Hey, I'm back. Cool. We would love cool. to see you again. Fun show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Excellent. Goodbye, Thanks. everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.